How many of you were planning on coming to the 9 a.m. service this morning? Just, just be honest, just be honest. Okay, you got here, good job. Glad you're here. Daylight Savings is upon us, so we're living on coffee in Jesus this morning, especially those with young kids. So glad to be with you this morning. For those of you I haven't yet met, my name is Brian Van Epps. I used to be on staff here as a teaching pastor, I'm now doing some other adventurous type things, and so good to be with you. Hey, it's almost springtime. Spring break started today. How many of you got spring break plans? You're going to head out of town? A couple of you guys? A lot of you are already gone and you're now just watching online. So welcome. We're glad that you are joining us virtually from wherever you are at on spring break. And doesn't it feel like springtime around here? I mean, it just feels like that video we just watched, just like spring has sprung. No, not even close. We have second winter coming, you guys. We have third winter coming, and then I heard summer's coming somewhere in late June on a Wednesday, so get ready. It's going to be awesome. All right. But it is springtime, uh, and so uh, it's it's through quarter number one in 2023. Last time I was with you, it was in December, and I was asking you about how were you feeling about 2023? So now we're into quarter one of 2023. 23. Some companies are feeling really good about that. I heard some banks that direction are feeling really not good about that, right? Um, So there are some mixed emotions and feelings about 2023. How are you doing in 2023? How is your first quarter going? Steve's loving it. He's all all in. Come on, man. All right. Let me me ask it a little different way. This is how I asked it uh, in December as well. This is a question worth reflecting on. Uh, What is shaping your soul the most right now? What is shaping your soul the most right now? Maybe you had plans in 2023 to finally get in the gym, right? So you got signed up for Mountain Tough, or you got signed up for the CrossFit gym, which you were like, that's a little culty, and that's fine. Cults are good until the last day. So, um, (laughs) right? So, and maybe you signed up for whatever gym in town to get in shape. Uh, I actually heard a guy who has this uh, idea for a gym. He wants to call it resolutions. It's only January and February that it's going to be a gym. And then the rest of the year, it's going to be a bar and pub. It's going to be amazing, right? <laughs> really good idea. You might as well use that. All right. But how is that going, right? What, what kind of shape are you in? What kind of soul is your, what kind of shape is your soul in right now? And what what is shaping your soul? What is shaping your soul? Maybe it's some good habits. Maybe you would say, yeah, I, I have gotten some healthy habits in life, Brian. I'm actually getting to bed on time. Uh, I'm watching what I eat. I'm working out. I've been reading on the Bible reading plan. Like my prayer life is going really well. I've got some really healthy habits. And, and you might say to me, my, my soul is, is being shaped really well right now by the what in my life. Or maybe you might say, man, the what in my life, the what that's shaping my soul is, is pretty tough right now, right? I'm, I'm, you haven't kept to your resolutions. Um, you're not where you want to be, right? Maybe you're more distracted than you were beginning 2023. Um, maybe you sit there scrolling social media over and over again, wondering why am I doing this? Why am I comparing myself to so many people, how is this ever going to 
help me. Maybe the what in your life isn't working well. Maybe the what is your circumstances. Maybe you would say, man, life is actually pretty good right now. Money's good. My work is good. Uh, Marriage is good. Maybe some of you would say circumstances aren't good, right? Things aren't going well at work. Things things aren't going well uh, with finances. Things don't seem to be going well uh, overall. How, how would you say the what is shaping your soul right now? What what is shaping your soul? And let me ask you another question. Who is shaping your soul the most right now? So what is shaping your soul the most right now? And who is shaping your soul the most right now? For those of you who have young kids and you lost an hour of your life that you will never get back, Right? The soul shaping was rough this morning. Am I right? Can I get an amen or two, right? Like you got some kiddos that are struggling. They're having a hard time. You got some teenagers who don't want to hear your voice anymore. You got some kids who have grown up and maybe they've left the church or, or maybe they're not, they're not interested in faith anymore. They're making some bad decisions in their life. And the who that is shaping your soul is difficult with your kids right now. Maybe it's with your spouse. Maybe, maybe you've just come off of signing the papers in 2022. Maybe you're in the process of signing the papers in 2023, filing for divorce. Maybe you've lost somebody already this year. You didn't see it coming and you lost someone really important to you this year and that has shaped your soul. The, the who is very vibrant to you. And on the flip side, maybe the, the who is really vibrant in a healthy way. Who is shaping your soul? Maybe things are going really well with your coworkers and your boss and your spouse and your kids. And you're like, this is shaping my soul very, very well. This is what I want to talk about this morning. I want to talk about soul shaping. What is the shape of your soul? And I want to look at John 15, one of my favorite passages. John 15, one through eight, while we think about the best ways, considering the what and the who of shaping our souls. Let me give you a little context. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. He is toward uh, the last couple chapters of his earthly ministry before his death, resurrection, and ascension into heaven. And so he's got this close conversation with his closest followers, and we want to pay special attention in these words to what he is saying. And he says this, I... Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it may be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you would bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So that's what we want to talk about this morning. 
We wanna talk about the shape of our soul. And that, that's what Jesus is referring to in this moment. So I wanna use a little bit of a prop, okay? I wanna remind you of something called Karate Kid right now, okay? If you don't know what Karate Kid is, I, I will pray for you, okay? Karate Kid, or on Netflix these days, it's called Cobra Kai. It's the story of Daniel LaRusso. Daniel LaRusso, who moves to Los Angeles, and everybody picks on Daniel LaRusso until one day he runs into Mr. Miyagi. He's like the Yoda of his life, and he teaches him, wax on, wax off, paint the fence, paint the house, and suddenly he can do karate. (laughs) The story also teaches us that Mr. Miyagi tends to bonsai plants. Now, bonsai plants are very, very interesting. There's nothing actually super special if you would go, can I buy just a bonsai-type plant? Yes, you can buy a bonsai-type plant, but there's no like bonsai plant. If you're like, I want to buy the bonsai plant, there's multiple variations of the bonsai plant. And what bonsai plants are, are plants that are trimmed and tended to in specific ways so that they would replicate a larger tree or bush in a smaller container. This is just a ficus plant. This can grow in all different kinds of ways, but the way that this has been shaped, the way that this has been tended to, the way that this has been cared for, it creates a shape. And, and, and some of these can grow for up to a thousand years Long. Some of the biggest ones in the world are almost 10 feet tall. And you're like, that's not a bonsai tree. Well, after a thousand years, it is still a bonsai tree at 10 feet tall. They take intense care, intense scrutiny. You have to prune them well, nourish them well, and tend to them constantly. All right? That's why I don't have one. I borrowed this one. All right? <laughs> this is the picture for us this morning. This is the picture of the soul that you are, that I want to talk about this morning. What is the shaping of your soul? That's what Jesus is getting at in this picture. He wants to talk about the garden, about the plant, about the vine, and how it can shape your soul. So with the remainder of our time together, I want to just talk about two steps in soul shaping. Two steps in soul shaping. The first step is this. It's the pruning. The first step is the pruning. I might even say it this way. It's about receiving the pruning rather than rejecting the pruning. John 15, one and two says this. Jesus says, I am the true vine. We'll get there, but pay attention to this. My father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Well, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. So the first step in having our souls shaped by the Father is the step of pruning. Because why? Well, we find out very quickly here that God is the gardener. God is the gardener. This is the story throughout the scriptures. That in the beginning, there was Adam, which means man, and Hava, which means a life giver, Adam and Eve, and they were in the garden. 
And God walked upon the garden with them and God showed them all of the things that he could nourish them with. And the garden had everything that they needed. And God reveals himself in this very early act of creation as the gardener, the one who grows things, the one, the one who nourishes and provides for things. And you can almost see this picture of Adam and Eve walking in the garden with God as he points out the wonders of his garden, the things that he has made for them, the ways he wants to take care of them in this beautiful garden. Three chapters in, they get really enticed by this one tree the one tree that they're not supposed to eat from. And so they go and eat from that tree. And the ripple effect of that is what we know as sin. And the story goes from us turning away from God to turning to God, to turning away from God, to turning to God throughout scripture until the culmination of Jesus comes as a child in Bethlehem and spends surprisingly amount, a surprising amount of times in gardens talking to his father, in mountainside gardens communing with his father. And you fast forward to the end of the book, Revelation, which is really just the beginning of the story. And in Revelation, God reveals himself as the gardener that he is going to restore Eden, that, that the garden will once again flourish and that God will, his place will be with his people and we will live in the garden nourished by him forever. This is how God the Father reveals himself to us vividly throughout the scriptures, that he is the gardener, that he tends and cares for his garden. And, and he's gentle in that, but he also has to prune us from time to time. And what I want us to consider for a few moments here is whether or not we receive his pruning, whether or not we are willing to receive his pruning. So I spent some time uh, with, with a bunch of business owners these days, and, and one of them uh, is a guy, I just call him Mushroom Ben, okay? He grows mushrooms. Not that kind of mushrooms, all right? All right, students, okay? They're edible, that doesn't help. Ed, I was gonna say edible, but that doesn't help. Anyway, um, they're for food, okay? He grows these amazing mushrooms for food for some of the highest end, top, top end restaurants in the area. And so uh, a couple weeks ago, I said, hey, Ben, can I come out and see a sporadic, your, your mushroom farm, right? That's what it's called, sporadic. And so I go out to sporadic and I get to see his mushroom farm and he's walking me through and he's showing me all these things. And we walk into the last room where all of the mushrooms are like growing out of the sides of these like baggies. It does look like something illegal. I'm gonna be honest with you, okay? These like giant baggies and there's mushrooms growing out of the side of these baggies and it's just like amazing. And he's like, this one has grown for like two days and this one has grown for three and by like two more days and it'll be this big and then we'll cut it off and we'll sell it to the stores, right? We'll sell it to the restaurants. And, and so later in the week as I was working on this, I, I called up Ben and I said, hey, do you ever have to like prune? What do you do with bad mushrooms? What do you do with like pruning or changing the mushroom if it's not growing in correctly? He's like, oh, Brian, that happens all the time. Sometimes we have mushrooms that they'll start growing inside of this bag and they won't be growing out the side of the bag so they won't be healthy. Sometimes they'll have a spot or two on them that we don't like and so we just, we just chop that off. We just lop it off. And then if we lop it off, then it'll, it'll grow more healthy but we have to cut a piece off of it. We have to take something away from it. He didn't say it that dramatically but I am for effect, okay? 
right? God prunes you because he loves you. But we don't love that back, do we? Let's just be really honest. Let's have a real church this morning, okay? I'm not fine, neither are you. Welcome to church, okay? God prunes those he loves. And yet I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna be honest with me and with us that I don't see people who are craving pruning. I just don't. I don't see it in my own life. I don't see it in our lives. I think it's a really difficult conversation. This isn't like freshman level basketball. This is like NBA all-star team kind of theology here. Like this is mature faith. And, and here's, what I, here's what I wanna say. Like this is the what. What if some of the what, the circumstances of your life, God the Father has graciously allowed to happen in your life that he might trim you and prune you because he can see the final result. 20 years in ministry and now in this new thing that I'm doing with men, what I hear over and over again is us acting like children. I'm gonna challenge us here. We act like children. When God doesn't give us what we want, we don't really like God anymore. How dare God not answer my prayers the way I want them to be prayed? How dare God send hardship and bad things into my life? How dare he? How dare us? As he said to Jonah, as he said to Job, where were you when I laid the foundations of this earth? Where were you, Job? When I laid the foundations of this earth, he sees the whole picture so that he can prune you accordingly so he can, he can see what he wants you to grow into. But guess what? That's going to be hard. That, that's going to take some work. I'm going to give us some levity, some humor. Okay, come on. Whew, come with me. Whew, come on. Okay. There's a guy named Buzz Tatum up in Big Sky. Buzz Tatum from Texas. Okay. Buzz Tatum from Texas played tight end football for the Texas Tech. I don't know what their, uh, what their team is. Raiders. Thank you. I think it's the Red Raiders. Okay. And he's a big old dude. And you would think, oh, Buzz Tatum, like he can handle his own. Well, Buzz liked to tell stories about football. And one time he told me this story where he's in the locker room and there was a guy a lot bigger than him who kept coming in and calling him Puddin. Puddin. And so one day, Buzz kind of sick of this. He's a big Texan dude. He goes, hey man, why are you calling me Puddin? And he just looks at Buzz and he goes, because you soft and you sweet. <laughs> It was not a compliment, right? <laughs> Are you soft and sweet? Am I soft and sweet? Like, may his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and my family and my kids and their kids and their kids and the cancer, what? And the divorce, and the backstabbing, and the pain, and the frustration, and the anger. He is with you. He is with you. I don't know that verse. Do you know that verse? I don't know that verse in that song. We don't sing that song. See, I think we have no problem receiving the blessing, but I think we often have a problem 
receiving, the pruning? Would we lean into that? I'm not saying it's easy. I am not saying it's easy. I'm not saying you should be happy, clappy about it. But I think there are far too many Christians who think following Jesus should make you healthy and wealthy and happy and clappy. And you don't understand the gospel if that's the fact. Like you don't understand Christianity if that's what you think about Christianity. If Jesus is just gonna make your life so much happier and clappier, you don't understand it. Let me give you a clear picture of what is going on here. Jesus, as he's saying this to his disciples, he's about to go days later to a garden to get down on his knees to pray so hard that it seems like blood is pouring out of his face because he, he is praying so hard to the Father. And do you know what he's praying? Not my will, but yours, Heavenly Father, be done. Not my will, but yours be done. He's receiving the pruning because he knows what's coming. He's going to be rejected and despised. He's going to be tortured to within an inch of his life. And then he is going to be taken to one of the most brutal deaths that humanity has ever invented, the Roman cross. And he is going to hang upon that cross, feeling the weight of your sin and my sin and the brokenness of this entire creation on his back because of all the things he did? No, because of nothing he did. This is Christianity. This is pruding. Out of the darkest, most painful moment of pruning in, yes, the son of God's life, the greatest glory is achieved. This is Christianity. This is what we give ourselves to. Jesus' disciples, most of them who he's talking to, were killed in a similar way. I heard from somebody that just went to Bangladesh. They asked some of the folks in Bangladesh, hey, what's your greatest hope in life? Do you know what the Bangladesh people said? The second coming of Jesus Christ. Dude, I was like, when's the last time I thought about that? Rather than the hangnail I had last week, Right? Will we receive the pruning? God loves those he prunes. Some of you, he is pruning you for a reason right now. He sees the picture hang onto him. Like, I'm gonna belabor this. I'll run through the rest of it because this is too important. Like five years of infertility, Lori and I, and I screamed at God and I cussed at God and I yelled at God and then I just kept praying the Lord's Prayer because it's the only stinking prayer I could pray. Right? Five years. Why would you do this? I'm a youth pastor. My wife is a school teacher. We love kids. Give us some kids. There's crummy parents everywhere. And they got kids, but we can't have kids. Five years of pissed off at God. Right? But I didn't let go. But I didn't let go. And do you know what happened because I didn't let go? Do you know the conversations I've been able to have with families who have gone through infertility? Do you know the depth of conversation I can go to now with them? I'd have never had that gift. Do you know the families that I get to talk to about adoption because of how God shaped our hearts in that moment? And now I get to talk to families who have kids who have been adopted and it changes the way that we deal with things. Do you know how I get to talk to people who are in deep, dark places because I know what it's like to be in deep, dark places? Do you know how much I get to celebrate with people who never thought they would have a kid, but they got a kid in their hands? It's amazing. Those are all gifts that I would have never been given if I had not received the pruning, received the pruning. Number two, this should have been two sermons, sorry. All right. The second step in soul shaping, connect to the vine. 
Stay connected to the vine. Jesus says this. This is the who, okay? This is the who. Jesus says, I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So once again, look at the plant. Jesus says, I am the vine. You can almost see this as like a vine-like um, plant, right? There's like almost like this root ball going on and there's a main vine in the middle there. And everything is attached to that vine and growing outside of that vine. In fact, if you look in the back, there's a giant vine cut off right here to prevent it from growing like this big. But everything is growing out of that rootstock. Everything is growing out of that main area of growth. This is the picture that Jesus is giving. Specifically in that day and in that time, he would have said, look out to all the wine fields. I know I'm making some of my Baptists a little nervous here. It's okay. It was wine. Okay, just get over it. All right, first miracle, water to wine. Hey, I want to see that one when I get to heaven, by the way. Okay, hey, Jesus, here's water. Okay, do that. Um, but that's not, we don't know that, right? We don't live in the Central Valley of California. I used to live there and it was amazing and, 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 and there were vineyards everywhere. We don't have that around here. We got potatoes and we got some other things, right? But, but what would be a good, a good metaphor for us? I think a good metaphor for us anywhere would be this, okay? Some of you are headed out on spring break. Some of you have been on vacation recently. Uh, I'm actually headed out to South Dakota, sunny South Dakota for vacation today. I'm just, that's what we do, okay? So, um, and one of the conversations we will have today, I promise you this, right? Right after this, I'll go home and we'll have this conversation. Do you have all the chargers? Do you guys have this conversation? If you're going on a trip, you're like, got the charger. Do you got the charger for the phone? You got the charger for the iPads? We need, like, kids need, you know. Do we got the charger for this, charger for that? We, like, got all kinds of things plugged in last night because we're going on this road trip. Like, here's the question. What are you plugged into? Like, what are you plugged into? And is it feeding your soul or not, Jesus says, I am the vine, meaning we need to stay plugged into him. We need to remain in him. And if we pull off of that, we have no power. We have no power. We get pulled away from that power and, and, and there's nothing we can do, he says. Nothing on our own good, right? I've seen this a thousand times. People who have everything, but they have nothing, Right? I heard somebody say it. I think, uh, Joe, I think you said this, um, which is, they're so poor, all they have is money. It's like one of my favorite quotes. They're so poor, all they have is money, right? Because they're not connected to the vine. They're not part of the thing that is giving the most life to the plant, the most depth to the plant that is sustaining the plant. Jesus is the vine. You, we are the branches, which means we need to be connected to him and connected to one another. That we need to be plugged into the right things. But I got a warning for you. There's some fake vines out there, all right? I'm really tempted to do a Donald Trump impression, but I'm not gonna, okay. <laughs> so Logan Shelvin has this in his office. He creates all his beautiful uh, videos that we have. Kevin Butler creates these and puts them in his office because... This is what kind of plant Kevin can keep alive, <laughs> right? Um, this is a Lego bonsai tree, which is pretty impressive, Kevin. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, it's a Lego bonsai tree. But you know what? If you, if you try to grow something out of this, you know what's going to grow? Nothing, right? 
If you water this, do you know what's gonna happen? I'm not sure, but it won't grow, right? Right, there, there, like nothing is coming out. It looks like a tree. Doesn't smell like a tree, but it looks like a tree. It looks like a bonsai. It'd be really easy to take care of, but there's nothing life-giving about it. Can, can I talk to you about three areas that are fake vines? So I wanna talk about me, I wanna about toxic vines, and I wanna talk about a noisy world, okay? Me, toxic vines, and a noisy world. Here's one. Okay, me, not me, you. Say, I'm the problem. Just do it. It'll, it'll be cathartic. Ready, one, two, three. I'm the problem. Stop nudging your husband, okay? Stop it. I know you told him that already this morning, all right? I'm the problem. Okay. We have to be honest about this, you guys. It's a great series back in 2022. I would encourage you to go back and take a look at that if you weren't around here called Live No Lies. And we, we talked about the flesh or about me, like I, guess what? I'm really good at lying to myself. In fact, I'm the best person at lying to myself that I know. You find yourself in that category too? Nobody can lie to you better than you can. Do you know who else has been like a part of all the bad decisions that I've ever made in my life? Me. Do you know who's been a part of all the bad decisions that you've ever made? You, welcome to church, you're the problem, all right? So, so and, and here's the thing, I, I run into this all the time because part of what I do is I coach men on, on like how to nourish their souls, how to grow strong as husbands and fathers, business leaders. And, and here's what I've found, that a lot of men either overestimate how good they are or they underestimate where they are. Right? I think true humility is actually not overestimating who you are, underestimating who you are. I think true humility is knowing right where you are. Right? And so, so narcissism at its highest level is that I think I'm much better than I am. And then you go on American Idol and you find out you're not actually that good of a singer. Right? And on the other end of it, thank you, you got that joke. And then on the other end of it, right, is that you think too lowly of yourself and you're like, I don't have enough. I'll never be enough. I'm... Like, I'll never, I'll never amount to what I want to amount to. And that's not true either. Because we're really good at lying to ourselves. Because when we just connect to ourselves, this was in the Live No Lies series, when we're just connected to ourselves, we're plugged into ourselves, no power actually comes out of that. Second part, toxic voices. There are toxic voices in your life and you need to clean those out. Some, some of us hold on to the things that our parents said to us 30 years ago and never let them go. And we just let this toxic vine just keep growing inside of us. We, like we, we wake up hearing our mom or dad's voice saying, I'm disappointed in you. And, and we, we find our personhood in that. We find our identity in that. And we're still trying to prove to mom and dad that we're good enough. It's time to cut that vine out. It's time to rid yourself of that vine. Some of you have toxic people in your life who don't lead you to the vine. They don't lead you to the true vine. They lead you to false vines. They're like, I got this cool chakra thing. You should try it out. That's a toxic vine, you guys. Okay? That's a toxic vine. That is not Jesus, the true vine. Some of you have toxic vines of people who gossip all the time. 
All they do is talk trash about everybody else. Call them to accountability. If they're a follower of Jesus, they should be those who are bearing much fruit in their words, not tearing people down and inviting you along the way. Some of you need to, I call it this, call the herd, okay? Call the herd of toxic relationships in your life. And, and lastly, the noisy world. This is what I deal with the most um, with men's hearts is that our, our world is so noisy, you guys. Our world is so noisy. It makes promises that it can't keep. And he, he, like, here's the thing about technology. Technology isn't gonna break before you do. Can I say that one more time? Technology will not break before you do. The buzzes and the notifications, the reminders, and we even, we even prop it up. We're like, I'm so busy. Oh, you're so important. Okay, right? No, no. I take men into the wilderness because that's what they need. They take this deep breath like, now I can hear from God. Because here's the thing. This Lego thing is great, but like how long did it take, Kevin? I don't know, probably longer than it would have me making it, right? But it didn't take very long. Do you know what it takes to make this? Do you know the patience, the quietness? Do you know how much effort it takes? Masterpieces are created over time. Masterpieces are created in the stillness, not in the noise. One of the authors that I'm reading called The Daily Stoke, he's, he's not a Christian guy, but I'm praying for him every day. Ryan Holiday talks about how Seneca, an ancient Roman, thought that Rome was far too loud. I would love to see what Seneca thinks about the United States of America with our dings and our buzzes and our, all our sounds, right? Like how hard is it to still ourselves, to find the stillness in the noise of life, to do the deep work of life? We need to quiet me. We need to quiet the toxic voices and we need to quiet a noisy world and we need to connect to the true vine. Connect to the true vine. When Jesus says, I am the vine, he's saying, I am all you need. I have everything that you need. That is what he's saying. Hang on to me. Even if it's just by your fingernails, keep hanging on. On, remain in me as I remain in you that you might bear much fruit. Jesus, Jesus says not just the I am statement of the vine. He says this, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Don't you want to follow after the way, the truth, and the life? He says, I'm the resurrection. Don't you want to follow after the resurrection? He's the living water, Right? For those who are thirst, you will thirst no more. He's the bread of life. He will make you full. He's the good shepherd, the gate to the sheepfold. He is the light of the world. This is who the vine is. This is whose voice you need to be connected to. And if we accept the pruning and then we remain in the vine, then we will have a result and the result will be we will bear fruit. We will bear fruit. <laughs> hey, hey, 
Okay, if, don't, don't explain it if they didn't get it, okay? Tomorrow, okay? Yellowstone opens in April. Don't feed the bears. That's the point of this slide. Also, make sure to put on your bear spray. Two layers, really good. Just kidding, don't do that either. And if you find a mama and some cubs, grab the cub, hold the cub out so she knows you mean business. Just kidding, don't do that either. All right, just trying to cull the herd. Okay. <laughs> I don't think we can use this one on podcast. Sorry, sorry, Kev. All right. <laughs> This is the passage. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. That, that's how the world knows we're his disciples, that we're his followers, that we bear fruit, that naturally it comes out of us. Like an apple tree grows apples, a peach tree grows peaches, an orange tree grows oranges. That's how it works. If we are abiding, remaining in Jesus The fruit is going to look like Jesus, smell like Jesus, taste like Jesus. And the world will see and know Jesus. Not because of how good religious people we are. Not because of how good we follow the rules. Not because our lives are happy and clappy. No, because we get through suffering. Because we know that the pruning is out of love. And we know where we are supposed to be connected to so that we may be really nourished. We don't chase after the empty things of life, stuffing more and more and more things into our soul. No, our soul is full. Our soul is full, overflowing, bearing fruit to all of those around. How do we live this out? How do we live this out? We engage with the third person of the Trinity. So I've talked a lot about the Father, And I've talked a lot about the sun. And what I want to encourage you to think about is how we do this is through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. We've got a great series starting next week. You do not want to miss it. We're gonna be talking about the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives, the third person of the Trinity. Because right after this, in this passage, Jesus Jesus says, I'm gonna leave you, but I'm gonna... I'm gonna send you the counselor. I'm gonna send you the one who will lead you and guide you. I'm gonna send you my spirit so that you might be able to to be in the midst of that pruning and you might be able to to get through it and, and, and so that you can abide and remain and hold tight to Jesus. I'm gonna give you my spirit. And so I just wanna encourage you to come back to hear about that. We're gonna spend a couple of weeks in that. And I'm so excited for that. Let me, close, let me close with this idea. What does it take? It takes surrender, you guys. That's what it takes. It takes either a first-time surrender or a re-surrender of our lives. We need to say, I surrender God to your pruning or I re-surrender to your pruning I surrender that you are the vine and I'm not the vine. I am just a branch or we re-surrender to that. As we sing this next song, I want you to contemplate where you are in the midst of that. Do you need a first time surrender to Jesus? Do you need to re-surrender your life to him that you would acknowledge, Jesus, you are the true vine. I am the branch. Heavenly Father, you are, you are the gardener. We're just a plant. Holy Spirit.
We need your power and we need your presence. I just pray that over this place. I pray that over those who are listening online, watching right now. I pray, I pray God for your power, for your presence. Jesus, we're so grateful. We're so grateful that you modeled this so well for us, that you lived this out um, and that you're beckoning to us. Even now you're whispering to us. You're calling us home to you. So Jesus, um, I just pray. I just pray for moments of surrender, moments of re-surrender. Even now we praise in Jesus' name, amen.